Chapter 15, A Foreigner Enlists. Ruth, Chapter 2. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitess damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came, and hath continued even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, thirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense, recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust." Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, O Lord, for thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and approach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned. And it was an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw that she, what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave it to her, that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men, until they have ended all their harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou shalt go out with his maidens, that they meet thee 
not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Ruth chapter 3. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall not, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor, and make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be, when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in, and uncover his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me I will do. And she went down unto the floor, and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly, and uncovered his feet, and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid, and turned himself, and said, And, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until morning. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it be known. Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Also he said, Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley, and laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he has finished the thing this day. Chapter 4 Then went Boaz up to the gate, and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city, and said, Sit down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi, that is come again, out of the country of Moab, selleth the parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants, and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is an unto redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance.
And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in formal time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing, for to confirm all things. A man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders, and unto all the people, Ye are witness this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, and all that was Chilion's, and Malon's, of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren, and from the gate of his place ye are witnesses this day." And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel and do thou worthily in Ephratah and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Pharez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah of the seed, which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, whom loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child, and laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, This is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. And now these are the generations of Pharez. Pharez begat Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salomon, and Salomon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. There, said Mark, setting a last flashlight on the shelf they had designated for useful household items. I think we got it all out on the shelves. Everything ready to sell is out where customers can see it. Wait, said Amy. Let's see how it would look to a customer walking in. She went out the front door of the shop and came back in. After looking around the store, she moved a small clock to where it could be more easily seen. Set a $1 vase farther from the $5 vases to prevent confusion and rearranged the price tag on a stool to make it more visible. Now I think we got it, she said. Grandpa had been busy. Over the past few weeks, he had worked hard at completing many of his half-finished fix-it projects. Amy and Mark had spent this morning helping Grandpa get some of these projects out on the shelves. They had made room for more merchandise, written and stuck price tags, and set up displays. Now the store looked neater and even more inviting than usual. What are we doing after lunch, Grandpa? Mark wanted to know. One thing always leads to another, Grandpa answered. 
I got those things fixed and moved out of the back. But look at what was behind them. The children looked to where Grandpa was pointing and saw a pile of boxes and trunks. I had forgotten about all this stuff, Grandpa said. We need to go through those and see if there's anything we want for the store. We'll want to clean up the trunks. People are always coming in here looking for trunks like those. So after lunch, they attacked the pile. Amy and Grandpa emptied contents of boxes into stacks of throwaway, fix it up to sell, and not sure yet. Mark wiped out the inside of insides of trunks. After cleaning up several trunks, Mark opened another and said, Hey, this one has stuff in it. Amy went over to look and gave a cry of delight. Look at that, she said. It's an old-time wedding dress. And she pulled out the delicate, lacy gown and held it up. It's not that old time, Grandpa muttered, coming over to see. There are some other things in there, he said, peering into the trunk. Mark reached in, telling the contents of the trunk as he lifted each thing out. Baby pictures, he said, taking out several in picture frames. Some official papers of some kind, and this funny black hat with a... What is that? A screen? It's a veil on the hat, Amy answered. It looks like a hat that a lady might have worn to a funeral, Grandpa commented. Oh, and here's a locket. He reached in and pulled out a necklace. He opened it. Mark leaned over and looked into the locket. What's inside? He said. Then, someone's hair. People used to keep locks of hair from people they cared about, Grandpa explained. Or maybe someone who had died. This could almost be Naomi's trunk, he added. One of the soldiers in our next battle. Finally, a story about a lady, Amy said. Hang the dress over there, Amy, Grandpa directed. Let's go out to the picnic table for a lemonade break. I'll tell you about Naomi. In three minutes' time, the children were sitting at the table in the shade, sipping lemonade, while Grandpa sorted through his box for the pieces he would need for his story. Naomi lived in Bethlehem during the time of the judges, he said. The Bethlehem? Mark wanted to know. The one where Jesus was born? Same place, actually, Grandpa answered. Only, that would be a lot later. Naomi had some happy times in Bethlehem. She loved and married a man named Elimelech. Together, they had two little sons, but the happy times didn't last. There was a famine in Israel, and Elimelech couldn't provide food for his little army or little family. Maybe that was one of those times when the Israelites were being raided by enemies like the Midianites, Amy suggested. Maybe so, said Grandpa. Whatever the reason, there wasn't enough to eat in Bethlehem. So Elimelech told Naomi that they were going to move away. He had heard that there was food in Moab, so that's where they would go. Naomi might not have been too sure about going to Moab. Moab wasn't part of the promised land. People didn't know God there. They worshipped idols. Maybe Naomi thought her husband shouldn't take them to Moab to live. Or maybe she understood that he didn't see any other choice if he wanted to feed his family. Maybe she wondered why God would allow things to get this bad. 
How could it be good to leave the land God had given them to go stay where idol worshippers lived? Naomi and Elimelech and their sons lived in Moab a long time. Naomi's two little boys grew up and became young men, but her dear husband Elimelech died there in Moab. Now, you need to understand that in Bible times, it was more than just sad for a woman when her husband died. In Bible times, women didn't go out and get jobs. When there was no husband to earn money and take care of a wife, all she could look forward to was a life of poverty. Of course, if she had sons, they'd take care of her and provide what she needed. Sad as Naomi felt with her husband's gone, at least she had two sons to help her out. By now, of course, Naomi's sons were young men, and as often happens when young men grow up, they wanted to get married. Listening, Mark made a face as if to say that no matter how grown up he became, he would never want to get married. The only young women around, of course, were Moabite women. Now, God had clearly told the Israelites not to marry people from the neighboring nations. They were idol worshippers. It would be all too easy for an idol-worshipping wife to get her husband to worship idols, too. Naomi may have been unhappy when her sons brought home Moabite wives. First, the family had left the land God had given them, and then Naomi's husband had died, leaving a widow. Now her sons were doing what God had said not to do and were marrying women from families who did not fear God. And things grew still worse for Naomi. Both her sons died, leaving her a widow and alone in a foreign land. Had God abandoned her? What else could go wrong? Of course, she had her two daughters-in-laws, the women her sons had married. But they were both young enough to marry again and go start new families with new husbands. That was just what Naomi told them to do. She herself, she said, would go back to her own land of Bethlehem. One daughter-in-law did as Naomi said and stayed there in Moab, hoping to remarry. The other daughter-in-law, Ruth, said that she would never leave Naomi. She would live in Naomi's land with Naomi's people, and most importantly, Naomi's God would be her God. So Ruth went with Naomi back to Bethlehem. When they got there, Ruth wanted to work to earn food for herself and Naomi. There was a law that when farmers gathered their crops at harvest, they were to leave little bits behind for poor people to gather. So Ruth went out to work in a rich man's field gathering those little bits. At lunchtime, the rich man came to meet her. He spoke to her very kindly and made sure she was able to gather enough grain. When Ruth told Naomi about him later, Naomi wanted to know the man's name. I believe his name was Boaz, Ruth answered. He's our relative, Naomi said. He's a good man. Stay in his field and work. You'll be safe there. And Naomi felt that maybe things were finally going to get better for her. Look at how God had led Ruth to just that man's field and no other. As Ruth went to work there day after day, Boaz began to admire this young woman. He realized that she was a Moabite woman and not an Israelite, but she had cho chosen to trust the true God to provide for her. And Boaz was impressed by the way Ruth took care of Naomi. As the days passed, Boaz's admiration for Ruth turned to love. As for Ruth, she was grateful for Boaz's kindness and for his generous gifts to her and Naomi. And so, on her part, as the days passed, Ruth's gratitude toward Boaz also turned to love. Grandpa glanced at his grandson and grinned. What's the matter, Mark? Don't like this part? 
I don't remember all this lovey-dovey stuff. Are you sure it's in there? Mark replied. Well, I am making a bigger deal out of it than the Bible does, Grandpa admitted. But come on, all the best stories have romance in them. Look at the tales of the Trojan War. Anyway, Grandpa went back to his Bible story. Naomi could see what was happening. She knew that Ruth, being poor and a foreigner, would never let Boaz know she loved him. And Boaz was probably an older man. He might have thought Ru Ruth wouldn't want a husband his age. Here were these two godly people who cared about each other, doing nothing about it. So Naomi told Ruth what to do, to let Boaz know she would be willing to marry him if he wanted her. Ruth followed Naomi's directions, and Boaz was delighted. There was a law for relatives who had died, and Boaz carefully obeyed it. He gave Naomi money for Elimelech's land, like the law said, and he took Ruth as his bride. Together, Ruth and Boaz had a little baby boy, Obed, the joy of Grandma Naomi's heart. Grandpa set a figure of these three little gravestones on the lid of his box. Back in Moab, when she was lonely and sad, Naomi must have felt that God had left her in enemy hands. Her husband, her sons, her way to provide for herself, all were gone. Her husband, her sons, a way to provide for herself, all were gone. But Naomi learned that God is always at work in all the little circumstances of our everyday lives. He provides exactly what he knows will be best for us and for all concerned. Grandpa took away the gravestones and set a little carving of a woman, Ruth, holding a child, Obed, by the hand. Amy looked doubtful. But was it really okay for Boaz to marry Ruth since she was a Moabite woman? She asked. I mean, if God's law said the Israelites weren't supposed to marry people from other countries. It was never the other country part that God didn't like, Grandpa explained. It was always the idol worship. Naomi didn't know it at the time, but her dear little Obed grew up to have a great a grandson too. His grandson was the great King David, and a great, great, great grandson of David's would be the Lord Jesus, the promised Savior. So God not only took care of Naomi, but also worked everything out so that Ruth, a Moabite woman, became an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. God was showing us that he welcomes people from any nation when they come to him in faith. Acts chapter 10, 34 through 35. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him.